Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Braving the Journey. I'm your host, Zach Mathers. Hey, before we get started, wherever you're at in this moment, like right now, if it's driving in a car, if it's sitting in a coffee shop, if it's at your house listening to this on Siri, I don't, I don't know where it is. Um, I want you to take a deep breath with me. See, the reality is, you guys, is life gets full, it gets busy, and it gets hard. And we have a tendency to want to move to a space of finding something, whether that is alcohol, whether that is drugs, whether that is pornography, whatever it is, we try to move to a space to find something for us to just feel good for a minute and to avoid. So today, you guys, I have Sathya on, and Sathya is the creator of a program called Deep Clean, and it's a research-based biblical-backed system for overcoming porn addiction. See, braving the journey design when when I started this whole thing when I started the podcast when I started working with people it it's to overcome what holds us back because we aren't designed to be addicted to alcohol or to struggle with alcohol or to struggle with pornography or to struggle with these different components that go they limit us from truly stepping into who we are meant to be so Sathya he focuses on this so I mean if pornography is something that you struggle with if lust is something that is a struggle for you guys I am so excited for you guys to get to connect with everything that he is doing and hear a little bit more about everything he's got going on because, man, it can ruin you. It can ruin everything you got going in your life just to feel that moment of satisfaction for just a minute. And it's not worth it, guys. There's something out there that is so much better. I don't say just guys meaning males. I'm talking women and men as we as we listen to this. So that's what I wanted you to do. I want you to just take a deep breath before you really dive into this one. I want you to just... Breathe deep because I know life is busy. And as we take time out of our day, out of our moments, as we try to multitask and try to do these things, but but I want you to take a breath in a moment because the truth is work to become a better human being, to step more into our identity, it takes work and it's hard and it's not easy. And so I hope that this podcast challenges you. I hope it stretches you and I hope it calls you to go, man, I want to do more. I want to do better. All right, you guys, let's check it out. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Braving the Journey. And I'm super excited for today's episode. I have Sathya with me, and he is a host of the New Man podcast. He does basically, you would say, like research-based biblical-backed system for overcoming porn addiction, right? Yeah, that'd be fair. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a mouthful of of information just in there, but I I want (laughs) to just say... um, Man, thank you. Thanks for thanks for taking the time to be on the show. Thank you for um, being vulnerable enough to just come on and, and just share with us everything you got going on. So, oh, it's my pleasure, Zach. Thanks for having me, and I, I think you're doing a good thing. I think you and I both know that in this recovery space, you need people need hope, you know, and we need all the stories we can get. So, um, yeah, it's not always the most fun thing to talk about in these forums, but you got to do it. You know, you gotta gotta get the story out there. So, thanks for having me. Yeah. And, you know, you and I were talking about this earlier, but, you know, my heart is that people will connect to each other's stories and realize that they're not alone, that that in yeah. their struggle, whatever that struggle may be, that they hear something and they go, wow, I'm not alone. And that just gives that little spark, right? That gives that little, that glimmer of like, he did it, so can I. There's hope in this. Um, exactly. And so, yeah. So, I mean, you know, all my shows, I, I love to just have you start with um, your story, you know, like, what got you to a space where all of a sudden now you are, you know, leading and helping guide men into this kind of 
as you call it, like the new man, the new identity of things and, you know, helping people walk out this porn addiction that is so huge within, within our culture. So, yeah, well, nobody gets into the recovery space because they dreamt about it when they were a little kid. We all know that. Um, So I, I have my own story with it. You know, I, uh, I grew up in a Christian home. Uh, My dad was a pastor. Uh, My parents had a, a pretty healthy marriage. They forked out the money to send us to Christian school. I mean, I kind of had everything set up for me to have a pretty good life and make pretty good decisions. And in the computer lab of my Christian school, when I was 11 years old, I got exposed to pornography. Uh, It was completely by innocence. But um, anyone who's had that kind of exposure or had that kind of problem knows the first time is very rarely the last. And that was the case for me. So I struggled more in high school. Um, I think I, I didn't... I didn't really see it as a struggle then, if I'm being honest. I just thought, yeah, this is this thing in my life. I can stop whenever I want. I'll stop when I get married or, you know, that just that kind of thinking. Right. And then when I got into university, my goal was to become a psychiatrist at the time. And um, I was working hard, you know, like I was working long days studying in labs and volunteering. And porn was kind of my reward for a hard day's work. And it was also medication to cope with the stress that came with that season of my life. And that's when I realized I, I really had an issue. And in the middle of my degree, that's where I really, um, I would say, committed my life to, to God. That's kind of where I started to take my faith more seriously. So when that decision happened, I then thought like, okay, well, I guess I'll just get rid of porn now. You know, like I'll, I'll get rid of some of these things in my life that were hovering around that I, I knew I should probably clean up. Everything else was not really an issue. But um, for me, I could not shake porn. And that's when I realized I'm, I'm in trouble here. And like you said, Nobody was really talking about it. There, like I kind of thought I was the only one. Right. I think growing up in a pastor's home, you have another set of expectations over you. And it's really hard to find safe places where you can just kind of share about your struggles. So I suffered in silence for a while. I eventually started to reach out and get some help. But there weren't a ton of resources out there. So I made a decision then that, you know, one day I'm going to get free. I don't know how, but I'm going to figure this thing out. And then I'm going to do everything in my power to help as many other guys as possible get free as well. And um, that's that's basically what happened. I mean, it wasn't actually a linear, smooth journey. We all know right. recovery is just kind of a big squiggly line. And, and hopefully you you kind of come yeah. out where you want to be, be eventually. But um, but that's kind of how it all happened. And eventually I did start to find things that worked. I, I found that a lot of the like classic mainstream solutions were not particularly effective for me. And it's when I started to kind of um, dig a little bit deeper, even into my own life, kind of my own wiring. How did I get here? Why am I looking at porn? Um, once I really start to get underneath the surface, that's when I start to experience true sobriety and true recovery. And uh, it's been five and a half years now. I've been doing deep clean for just under three, helping other guys get free. And um, that's, I mean, there's lots of things in between, but in a nutshell, that's a bit of my journey. That's amazing. Um, yeah, I think, I think you, you kind of hit a spot where like, I love the idea that to talk, I mean, I don't love the fact of this, but it's the reality is that in the church world, a lot of times it's like this hush hush. Like we, we kind of put on this facade of like, everything's good in life. Right. Yeah. I don't, I don't have struggles or issues when, when in reality, I mean, like porn addiction is, is destroying marriages. It's destroying self-esteem. It's destroying, uh, you know, families. It's just breaking it apart. But yet yeah. we go like, let's not talk about it. That's a, that's a private thing, I, you know. I don't do. And so, how did how did you even begin to come to a space where you know it sounded like you you said you were kind of dealing with it for a while on your own, and then you kind of stepped into this like I, you brought some other people into it. 
how how'd you get there i guess um i think it was just it was a lot of frustration and a lot of failed attempts on my own like i wish i could say i just had the humility to be like you know what i think i need help i think i'm gonna reach out um but it was like no i'm gonna do this on my own and then i kept trying and kept trying and realized this is not working so i did i did reach out to a friend that's kind of where it started and then found out he was struggling as well so we we were super excited to have like I guess people who understood what it was like to be in that position. But the the kind of irony of that and part of my frustration with some of the solutions that were available, I mean, we're talking maybe 10 years ago now, is like he and I signed up to be each other's accountability partners. And it was basically the blind leading the blind. And so there was a degree of kind of comfort in like, oh, you get it. Um, some of the shame kind of dissolves. But but we still didn't really have a solution. Like we we neither of us were in a place to help each other get out of there. And, um, and so that, that's what kind of agitated some of this, this frustration. And I, I just want to comment on what you said as well. Like the church culture is definitely that, you know, it's that you have this facade. Um, it's like, oh, I'm doing great brother, you know, and you're shaking hands and you're smiling and nobody knows what's going on at home or on the car ride home even. But I, I think at least for me, that whole dynamic is exacerbated by um, some of the culture that's built around sexuality in the church as well. There's a lot of shame around sex. The main messaging you get is don't look at porn, don't have sex before marriage. Um, you know, like it's, it's all the like do nots. Yeah. And um, a lot of guys end up feeling, you know, ashamed for having any kind of sex drive, any kind of yep. attraction to people. And so then when porn comes along and it's super accessible and it's there, um, it's hard to resist because we're, we're so pent up and we have no value for our own sexuality. And then we end up distorting this thing and feeling like, oh, crap, you know, like we didn't hit the mark. Uh, there goes that. And um, it can be a, a real slippery slope. So, um, no, yeah, anyways, I just thought it was mentioning. No, I think so. I mean, even I, I'm looking back at like, so I grew up in the church and I, and um I love the church, by the way. Like to me, I'm like the church is God's. It's just beautiful, right? Uh, yeah. I grew up in it, but anything, anything that us as humans do, we're gonna, it's gonna be messy. Um, yeah, and so, and it's not gonna be perfect. But uh, yeah, so I grew, I grew up in the church, and I had this, you know, like, e- like even around masturbation, I would feel so guilty and shame because no one talked about it, and it was told like you don't do this, and yeah. so, but I'm like, so I would probably hundreds of thousands of the time promise God, I'll never do this again. I'll never do this. And I would. And then they, you know, it built this cycle of like, like I constantly promise something fail. Is God really there? And, and then it just creates a cycle and then no one's talking about it, you know? Yeah. And so then, then I'm this like, you know, teenager growing up stuck in the space um, where, you know, you're like, what do I do with that? Like, and even right now, my son's 13, you know? And so I'm in this space of learning as a dad going, <laughs> What conversations do we have around this? How do we talk about this? How do we how do we allow God's design of his sexuality to grow in a beautiful natural way, you know, and for him to feel not alone as he's discovering it, you know? Mm-hmm. And so um yeah, it's such an interesting challenge as a dad getting to like, you know, my son turns 13 in a, you know, a couple of weeks and I'm like walking through this with him of like there's a lot that I wish somebody would have walked through with me, you know. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I totally agree. And I think I think it's the the silence um, for sure. And then like what you just said is a really classic example. Like we kind of know, okay, I'm not supposed to do this. These are the do's and the don'ts, but nobody tells us why, right? They don't say this is why. And so we're, we're left to kind of guess and fill in the blanks. And uh, especially when you're young, um, 
yeah, we usually fill in those blanks incorrectly. We don't understand God's intent for us, uh, the value in some of these things he's given to us and um, creates all kinds of problems down the road. As, as you sort of alluded to, like, like marriages are broken apart or those families are broken apart. Um, the work I do is not glamorous at all. You know, like when people come to me, they're, they're in dire straits. They know that their life is, has either fallen apart or it's going to fall apart if something doesn't change. And that's just how crippling porn addiction is becoming now. Yeah. And it, it's not, I mean, it sounds so similar to like the, like for me with my alcohol addiction, right? Like yeah. I tried, you know, you kind of try to white knuckle it. Like I'm going to stop and yes. I'm going to do this and I got enough willpower to do it. And and you do for a time being. And then, you know, some area you, you weakness falls and boom, you're back at it. And then shame, guilt, all piles back on and it creates you, you throw you back into this shame cycle. Um, yeah. You know, and so, yeah, I agree with you. The people that are showing up to your door saying, hey, I want help co- coach me. I need help are people that have probably tried to white knuckle it themselves for a long time, said they could stop, can't stop, you know, yeah. and it's finally, finally at that spot where you're going, I'm desperate enough to do whatever it takes. Exactly. Yeah. It'd be interesting to hear what the, the equivalent is for alcohol. But I know for for porn addiction, like the very common solution is an internet filter, which logically right. makes sense, right? Because you think, okay, yeah, you put the filter on the computer, you try to go to the website, and then it blocks you. Um, but of course, like anyone who's come to me has done the internet filter thing. And when you really want something, your brain just has this magical way of finding a way to get it. Yeah. And um, and I think I think that's that's the whole problem, you know, is a lot of a lot of solutions in the recovery space initially, people settle for things that are just modifying the behavior or just at a very surface level kind of dealing with the issue. And um, it's not really until you get underneath the surface and start tackling some of the roots that you actually experience sobriety. Yeah, that's so true. So like, to me, like when you talk about like, and I've had I've had filter block, I mean, we have one in our house right now, because we have a lot of, you know, kids in and out of our house. And just if anything, I'm like, man, I just want to protect the things popping up. 100%. But um, yeah, like you're saying, like, kind of like, oh, if I just put the filter on my computer, I'd be like, that was the same with me. Like, I gave my wife all my credit cards. Like, so I'm like, well, if I don't have, if I have no means of actually buying alcohol, I won't drink it. Right. And that was my, right. and that's like putting a filter over it versus actually dealing with the root of it. And what really became about was like, if I did a job, I, I, I found ways to be able to get cash, you know, and then it was undetected yeah. and untraced and, you know, <laughs> I could choose to find my way around it basically, you know? Yeah. So what does it look like? Okay. I mean, like, talk to me in the regards, like, let's just come at it a scenario like. I'm coming to you going, Hey, um, I am in this spot. I've been struggling with porn. I've tried to stop it on my own. I've put filters on that doesn't seem to work. Um, what, where do you take somebody or what, you know, what, what do you, I know it's not like a one-stop shop solution, like do this and you're solved, but yeah, it just, it never is. But like, if the listener that's listening to this is, is had this, like, man, that is me right there. I have tried, I have literally ready to throw my computer out the window numerous times. Like, yeah. you know, what is your, where, where, where do you lead them from there? I think um, it, it sometimes takes some conversations to help people realize that usually there is something underneath that's actually driving the person to watch porn. Mm. And it's not easy to identify. Like if you can just identify it like that, it, that's not it, you know, right. um, it, it takes time to get there. So I'll use myself as an example. So like, I installed the internet filters. I joined this accountability system with my friend who was also struggling. It wasn't working out. So I started to kind of get into more of like, I would say my, 
I don't know, my, my sense of self, like really trying to figure out, okay, who am I and what makes me valuable? And I realized I had all kinds of holes, like all kinds of holes in my identity because I, I had grown up with this sense that like I could really only earn love. I could only earn value. So I was very high achieving academically, uh, high performing, even athletically. Like I just, I, I did well in a lot of areas and that was kind of where I found my value. So, um, you know, it, it kind of made sense that, you know, I would resort to something, something where I could just feel in control and I could get um, some sort of connection. And through that connection, I felt affirmed. I kind of felt valued. So that was that was a huge thing. And I think to help other guys realize that it does take hearing examples and it, it does take some poking around, like asking like, okay, of the things that you've tried, why haven't they worked? Like, why didn't they solve the problem completely? And I, I try very hard to not answer that question for anyone. I think it's important that every single guy or, or girl is yeah. answering that question for themselves and figuring out, yeah, actually... Why didn't that work for me? Like, what what's the actual reason? And um, I think that's usually where the journey begins of like, okay, there's more to this I haven't unpacked yet. Um, and then my favorite part is just being along for the actual journey where you do start to unpack and uncover and find out what else is going on underneath the surface here. Yeah, it's it, to me, it's, it's such a, like layers, right? Like you're yes. going to peel back a layer and there's going to be another and you're going to peel back and there's going to be another. And that's, to me, I, I look at that as, that's, hopefully I live in that mentality and truth for the rest of my life that when I'm like yeah. 80 some years old, I'm still peeling back layers and going like, how do I become better? Right. Yeah. I just don't, yes. I don't think we get there ever, you know? No, for sure. And I, I think a lot of people mistake like um, being sober or being like the, the term we use typically in porn addiction is being free. Like yeah. a lot of people think of it as being binary. It's like one day you're going to wake up and the air is going to feel different and ta-da, like you're free. Um, like it's this binary thing when really it's it's along a spectrum, isn't it? And yeah. like I think you and I both reach places along the spectrum where like we don't engage in that behavior anymore, but there's still more freedom for both of us to experience in this life. And that never really ends. Yeah. So, I mean, talk to me about like define like what are things that when you talk about when you say like long term recovery or long term freedom. Um, yeah. What is that? What is for you personally in your life? Like, what does that look like for you? You know, because you you may now, you know, five five years ago, it was a different story. You know, as far as you're yeah. not struggling with the exact same thing, but what when when we're talking this like long term recovery, long term freedom of things, like what does what does that look like in a practical? Yeah, so I I think that's a, that's probably the imperative question of all of this. So the reality is, you can not watch porn. You know, you could go a year without watching porn and still not be free. Like that, that's like what we were talking about earlier. Like you can white knuckle something. It doesn't yeah. mean that you're a free person. Right. Um, freedom happens on the inside. It's an inside job. And the way I define freedom is that it is the power of choice. Freedom is the power of choice. So when you have these urges and these desires that are God given, by the way, and attraction, it's all God given. When you have these things and they, they surface and you only have one response that you gravitate towards, you, you are not free because you don't have any other options. You don't have any other choices. And so the, the goal in freedom is helping people regulate themselves, gain enough of an understanding of their own construct so that in those moments of temptation, if you will, in the moments where they have an urge or they're aroused or, or there's an attractive person who walks by them, that they, they have options for how they're going to respond. 
That's really what it's all about. And like the, the classic uh, first step of recovery is taking responsibility. It's it's taking that ownership and it, it, it exists in this space as well. And it happens at a granular level um, where it's like you're, you're trying to identify things early on where it's like, oh, wow, that person was attractive. Thank you, God, for making this attractive person. Thank you that I have attraction. You gave this to me. And I get to move on with my day. I've, I've given myself another option instead of just replaying that thing in my head again. Right. Oh, no, like here come the urges, that sort of thing. Um, so to me, that on a, a kind of a granular level, that's what freedom is. It's giving yourself more options. Um, and I would say it's sort of um, undergirded by this appreciation of the sexuality God has given you as opposed to this shame around it or this trying to suppress it and just tame the beast, so to speak. It's actually embracing it and really uh, accepting it for what it's worth and then learning to just responsibly handle it. That's beautiful how you said that. I mean, honestly, like that, I mean, like a lot of times I, I, I just love how you talk a lot about embracing the sexuality of who God made us to be, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's, he is the creator of, and like you look at the everything you hear it i'm like it it's done in beauty and um you know living so I, you know living in hawaii i have a lot of friends when they would visit they would always be like how can you how do how do you handle it here like you go to the beach and it's just like bathing suits everywhere you know it's skimpier every year you know and they're like how do you do it and uh like you said though there's this choice of freedom like i have an option inside of my mind to how do i respond to that I can simply yeah. go, wow, God, you have made such a beautiful creations and walk on and move on with my day. Yeah. Or like you said, like I get, you can, you can just sit there and mull over it and get stuck with it, you know? And so, um, but it's the awareness, you know, it's that awareness piece. Like I have to be like, for me with alcohol, I have to be aware. Like when someone, if I'm at a wedding and someone goes, Hey, you want a drink? I have the option to take the drink or not take the drink, but right. I have to have the awareness of the situation to go, what are where does the road lead if I choose to? And where does the road lead if I choose not to? Right. Um, you know, and both both have their past. And I, I can look at them now from a very more of a clear perspective and go, man, that one doesn't seem fun. You know, staying sober, actually, it just makes a lot more sense. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think to follow up the, the other part of your question, which you kind of were asking about the long term part of it. Yeah. Yep. You know, um, it, it's a combination of things like. The, the self-awareness piece, piece is quite critical, as in you have to really, you have to know your limits. You can't look at what other people are doing. Um, you really have to know just what you can and cannot handle and understand that those limits will, will change over time if you continue to grow and continue to develop. One of the things that I learned, so I was, I was single for uh, the majority of my addiction. Well, sorry, for all of my addiction. And that was, um, that's kind of another story in of itself, but it was something I had always prayed was, you know, God, I, I really want to get this solved before I meet my future wife. And I was fortunate that things worked out that way. But there was, um, we were probably about a year and a half uh, into our relationship. It was date night and I, I was having a really hard season. And I could kind of feel those, those old thought patterns coming back of just like, oh, just a, just a little glance, you know, or just a quick search here or something like really feeling that desire to watch porn after I would say not having that desire for a, a fairly long time. And, um, you know, my wife and I are going back to my place and, um, we, we had pretty strict boundaries. We had, we had made a lot of mistakes. Um, just like, uh, things getting too serious, uh, too quickly physically in a relationship. So we had set some pretty firm boundaries cause we really want to get to know each other and, and wanted that to be kind of the central part of that season. So 
I was concerned, you know, because I'm going in, I'm thinking, okay, here I am. I'm really struggling. I'm feeling super tempted. Um, and I know that there's going to be like opportunities, if you will, on our day tonight. And um, I kind of just went back to my old like, oh, just what, like just just make it through, Cynthia. Like just be strong. Like uh, again, yeah. just all those old patterns. And we're getting out of the car uh, just to like I pulled in the driveway, and I'm like, oh duh, I need to talk to her. I need to talk to her about it. So I just said, hey babe, um, I've I've been really struggling with this all day. Um, like really feeling tempted to watch porn, you know, kind of a brave thing to share with your significant other. Like, I don't know what kind of response that's going to elicit. Yeah. And, um, but just realizing like, I know I need to talk to someone, like I've learned my mistake. And, um, and she, she just had a smile on her face and was like, thanks so much for telling me I'll pick up the slack tonight. Like it was as simple as that. And I, I learned in that experience, like I would rather confess a temptation than confess a mistake. Yeah. And I, I think long-term sobriety, long-term freedom is, it's that proactive, preventative kind of thinking and practice that that can see where this is going. I know where this is going if I continue. And yeah. it's just having the wherewithal to say, I'm going to do something about it now before it reaches that place where I'm caught between a rock and a hard place. Yeah. No, I think that takes a lot of courage, especially with your you know significant other to be able to share share the you know the temptation. Uh, yeah, that, that was funny. You kind of brought that story about because in my head, I was like, I wonder how long he's been married. Uh, you know, where was where has been the involvement in this? And even now. So like, what is it? You know, how long have you guys been married now? Two years. Okay, two years. So in that it's process, like, I mean, this is your world. This is you're working with guys in, in the porn addiction nonstop. Like, where do, but where does your wife now find her role with you in, in this in your personal long term recovery? Yeah, I mean, it, it it certainly has changed. Like, I would say we talked about it more in the early years when we were kind of first together. And she's kind of asking, like, so did you do this? Or like, what is it, you know, what did it look like? Like, she's trying to understand it. Yeah. I think with time, um, it, it it goes to the back burner, the, the specific issue of, of watching porn. It's not right. something she's concerned about. But we really believe in, like, just having open dialogue, even just about sex and sexuality and um, and how that area of our marriage is working out and how it isn't working out and adjustments we need to make and all that kind of stuff. So I th- I think it's it's evolved with time and that's more the conversation these days. It's not specifically around porn. But if I, you know, if I have a, a, a tough day or I can, uh, again, I don't catch myself going there very often anymore. But if I do, then I've just learned to bring it up and, and kind of nip it in the bud early on. Yeah. No, I think yeah. that's great. And I love, I love that, you know, I think, I think even, even when we talk about sex with inside of the marriage, we have a tendency to like expect it without having conversations around it just for it to be perfect. Right. Like, and so yeah. <laughs> like my, I've been married 16 years and like my wife and I are finally on this discovery. Like we schedule, I mean, we schedule monthly financial meetings. So we're, we're starting to learn to schedule this, like, Hey, let's schedule time to actually not have sex, but have the conversation around sex. Like. How, so how's good. it going for you? How's it going for you? Okay, great. Like what, what are things that you would like to see more happen? How can we work on things? And so where you come at it from a neutral place and just like anything, whether it's finances or parenting, you create space and time to sit down and yes. be like, what do you, what do you been needing? You know? And it's beautiful. I mean, it, it's, it's one of those things I'm like, wish somebody would have told me to do that 16 years ago, you know? Yeah, yeah. But. I think I think that's always the key of it. Like, even if somebody is struggling in their marriage right now, they're like, okay, like, I'm really happy for you, Cynthia. Like, you didn't bring this in, but, um, you know, I'm married. I got a couple kids. Yeah. I, I think those those concepts are still the same. Like, 
you you have the conversation you you make sure that you're you're being transparent with each other and um as much as you're comfortable like that comfort gets built over time you don't have to just go there right away but i think the the open dialogue can can really go a long way to just bringing security in the marriage and whether you're recovering um or you're recovered um yeah those, those dialogues just need to happen on a regular basis no absolutely all right so the so here's the question how do yeah. um if someone reaches out to you, whether they listen to the podcast or, you know, they came across and they're, they're on your website, like what, do, what do you mostly, what do you do most of the time with people as far as like your work with them or, you know, say I was an, the guy that just reached out and said, Hey, I, I need help. You know, yeah. what, what, what's your, what's your process? Yeah, for sure. So I, I think sometimes people hear the word, you know, program or system and it sounds very impersonal. Right. Uh, but we really believe that like it, it does have to be personal and you really have to meet the person where they're at. So the first point of entry is people, um, they watch a video that explains kind of what we do. And if it looks like it's a good match for them, we ask them to book a call with either myself or somebody on our team. And that's where we just get to know people's stories. And I'm not, you know, I'm just, I. so I really believe in my program, but I know that there's so many different solutions out there and that some of them are going to be better suited for the people that come to me. So when people get on the call, it's really like, we just want to hear their story and we want to hear, what do you feel like you need? Like, I don't think it's my job to figure that out. Um, I think it's my job to have the conversation for you to figure out what is it that you need. And I do really hope that, that we have that. And if we don't, then we just redirect people elsewhere. We have a pretty big network. But, um, but then if somebody feels like a good fit, we'll just talk about that. Um, we have a couple of different tiers of the program as well, just depending on, the severity of people's situation, the means that they have and kind of what they're looking for. But then um, after that, they get plugged in right away. Like we really, um, I think the momentum is important early on to really like get the get the ball rolling or hit the ground running, however you want to say it. So um, so that looks like plugging into regular group coaching. Because um, like we talked about the, like earlier, you just, you can't do this alone. Right. And I, I did a lot more one-on-one when I first started. And it was really like very fruitful. And it's, it's what gave me the confidence to go with my system. But, um, like my, I was running out of time basically. So I thought, well, you know what? I'm going to try a group. Let's just see what happens. And the results were way better. Um, cause I think, I think guys are like inherently a little bit competitive with each other. So there's that dynamic. But then like there's just something happens when you're going through this with other people. You're like, okay, I'm not the only one struggling. You get to learn from this guy, relate to this guy. Um, these guys started like interacting with each other outside of the call. So they're building yeah. friendships and that kind of connection goes a long way. So we do groups. Um, the, the course is all on demand, like all of the, the content they take in and it, it is in a sequential order. Everything kind of builds on each other. And then we have a private community for all the reasons I just mentioned for guys to be able to interact, support each other, encourage each other, uh, get help when they need help, all that kind of thing. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it is such a beautiful thing. And I, I do agree with you on the, on the group on the group coaching because a lot of times, you know, I've been part of group sessions and group things where all of a sudden the person asks a good question that I wasn't even aware I had that question, but as soon as they asked it, I'm like, "Oh yeah." You yeah. know, and then and then all of a sudden like, you know, it's it's that constant like you're you're not only learning from who's teaching, but you're also getting the chance to learn from each other and realize the awareness of questions you may not know you had that you know and so it is it's a beautiful way i think i think it's such an amazing thing so yeah and we see that happen all the time like i had a i had a client this week even he's been in my program for about a uh, about a year i think and he's like a high level pastor 
who's struggling daily, struggling daily when he came to me. And um, he's, he's probably at maybe once every six weeks, six to eight weeks, something like that. He's gone, gone multiple months. Like he's, he's really made some progress. And uh, he, he said yesterday, uh, or I don't know, I forget when it was, but it was recent. Um, he's like, you know, somebody asked a question this week and he's like, I had never thought of that. Like, and it just, it, it was one of those moments where like dots connect, like a thousand dots connect in your brain all at once. You know, it's like ding, ding, ding. And he's like, there's something there for me. Like I had never thought about that area of my life or that relationship or I forget exactly what it was now. But um, that's just the beauty of being around other people. Like the, yeah. the recovery experience is so much more diverse. Yeah. No, you know, my wife and I, we are both, um, we're part of kind of a Celebrate Recovery is, yeah. is a program that we're, we're all involved in. But I, I love it because like you said, there's that dynamic of, um, I, I do, I learn like if I'm digging at the root of, of my stuff, a lot of times, like, if, you know, for me, it's that root of like, why, well, what was it drinking about? Why was it? And I could easily go, well, the shame, shame, you know, but then I was like, yeah, but there's more, there's more there. And I learned a lot from hearing other people go like, share their story. And, and for some reason, like something in your inside the core of you goes, hmm, I connect to that, but I didn't know I did. So then yeah. you get to, then you get to take that information that you heard and bring it back and go, let me dig deeper at this. Like what, what's, what is there? Um, yes. You know, like even you, even in your share earlier, you were talking about this idea of um, kind of that, like love was something you worked for and earned. So you yeah. performed to get it. Um, I had a very similar experience, you know, um, parents are absolutely loving, you know, loving parents, amazing parents. My mom was a marriage and family counselor, you know, mm-hmm. kind of grew up in this great household. Uh, but I still had this like, idea that like I had to perform really well and put on this, this, this picture that everyone says Zach's got it all figured out and good. And I, so I had, I had a hold to that. Right. So when it wasn't, I, I couldn't just reveal like, Hey, I'm a mess. I'm struggling inside, you know? And, and so I had to dig at that too of like, what was that about? Where did that come from? Why was that birthed inside of me? You know? Uh, Yes. So it is. I love I think we're all we're all in need of recovery of in some point in our life or you know from something in our lives like whatever that may be um so a lot of a lot of addictions out there I think look um very healthy to people on the outside but you're yeah. still run, you're still choosing to run from something you know and so um yeah the modern day addiction is I think social media and our cell phones and all yeah. that kind of stuff like a great example of something that's just normal but um I think people are more more addicted to those things than they realize. Oh, I have to watch it. I mean, I yeah. just personally, I'm like, it is so easy to get consumed by what everybody else is posting in the world. Um, yes, you know, we we do a Sunday like media shutdown day. You know, like as a family, like there is no like no phones. Basically, we shut it down, and then once a year, we take five days and we just get away from our phones. Like we leave them, we go on a wow. trip. And it's just that's like, so good as a family, you know, and that's kind of our reflection time as a family. Like we reflect on the year before and then plan for the year ahead. But, uh, man, even those five days where you're just like, it's, you get in a car and you're used to having your map to tell you where to go, you know? And you're like, yeah, yeah, we don't have a phone. We got to figure it out. And so it is, yeah. it's, it's, it's life giving and renewing sometimes. Cause it's easy to get sucked into, you know, the social media world on the phone. So, yeah, yeah. Well, hey, I want to, um, I just want to recognize you and the work you're doing and just say thank you because um, 
it's one thing to have chosen to to walk this road of recovery uh, from porn addiction. And it's another thing to have walked this road and then also said, I want to figure out how I can help bring others along with me. Um, and so that's a beautiful thing. And so I just want to say thank you. The world needs it. The world needs you. Um, nobody in the world is you. And so that's what I love is that if you weren't doing what you are called to do, uh, we as the world would miss out. And so, yeah. uh, you know, so I think that's amazing. And my question I always like to ask people at the very end is, um, imagine that we were just talking about social media. Imagine that social media, everything just went quiet, the news, the everything. Um, and the world just was silent for a minute and everyone kind of looked to you just to, to say, give them one truth about life. What would that truth be? Oh, yeah. Just question. one, you know, li- yeah, just a little question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, well, for starters, thanks for the kind words, man. I really appreciate it and yeah. feel the same about what you're doing. Um, yeah, it's really, it's amazing. Very courageous. Um, that is such a good question. So I, I think this is what I would say. Um, this is a quote that we, we bat around at Deep Clean. A mistake made once is a mistake. A mistake made twice is a choice. Hmm. And I think usually the way people fall into these issues in life, it's generally by innocence. It's not because there's something terribly wrong with them. Um, it's usually the, the reason we go back. Uh, that, that's what actually reveals the issues. And the, the real essence of that quote is you, you can take responsibility for what you're doing. Like it can be depressing news to be like, you're responsible for your problem. Like you're to blame, you know, right. um, it, it's not in that kind of harsh way. It's meant to be empowering. It's like, because you're part of the problem, like you're making these choices, you're also part of the solution. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, if we were in kind of dire straits or we were in that sort of extreme situation, the most, the people who take the most responsibility will always come out on top because they, they will understand what they can and can't control and they will make wiser decisions as a result. So I think that would be my top thing is just take responsibility, own what you can and, and then just watch the world move in your favor. Yeah. I love it, man. I love it. Thank you. Hey, what is the best way? I'm going to have all these links though at the bottom of the show. Um, but yeah. if you're somebody that doesn't actually scroll back and look at the notes in the show, what is the best <laughs> way for someone to connect with you and everything you're doing? Yeah. So you mentioned I have a podcast, um, the New Man podcast. People can look that up. But I think for, for people that are really serious about taking a step or want to know more about kind of what we do, you can go to ultimaterecoveryguide.com. And that has uh, my best practices for recovering from porn addiction. It's a free download. All we ask for is your email in return. And uh, that's probably the, the best way for people to get started. So that's ultimaterecoveryguide.com. Okay. That is awesome. Um, and all everybody, those links are at the show notes. So go look at them, click on them. And I want to just say thank you. Thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having me, Zach. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. So guys, I want to make sure invite you guys to go follow Satya and everything that he's got going on. I do. I believe there is freedom from this. There's freedom from your addiction. There's freedom, whether whether it's pornography, whether it's a struggle with alcohol, whatever it is, there, there is freedom from it. And if you don't believe that right now, I want somebody else. I want to be the one to believe it for you that there is. And hey, I want to encourage you guys. If you know somebody, maybe this isn't your struggle. Maybe this isn't the one that's that, that you go, man, this is not mine, but you know someone that it is. Uh, be the hero today. Be be the hero for them. Send them a link to, to this podcast. Make, hey, I just want you to listen to this, please. Check it out. Love to talk with you about it. All right, you guys, proud of you. Have an amazing day.